Hello everyone and welcome to the latest Echoes Everton podcast. Um, we're in the middle of an international week, so um, you know a little bit sort of away from game-centric stuff and with uh, Greg O'Keefe and Tony Scott as usual. And we thought we'd, in light of young Tom Davis getting to train with the England's first team uh, this week, which was a great, a great opportunity for the young lad, and, and we all believe he's, he did terrifically well and, and, and held his own and scored a couple of goals even in the practice match they played. And on the back of that. Thought I'd discuss the academy. It's such an important aspect and element of where Everton are at the minute, and and has been for a number of, of years. Greg, is from from your sort of vantage point and where you look at it. Yeah, is Everton's academy in rude health? Is it stronger than it's ever been? You know, it's got a very long and got a rich tradition. But where's it at the minute? Do you think? I don't know if it's stronger than it's ever been. That's like it's quite. That would be a big ask because over the years, Everton's academy. Has been formidable, really. You know, when you look at the relative resources that it's—I mean, I think now it's probably arguably better resource than it's ever been. Yeah. I think because the club's realised um, that while it doesn't have the financial muscle to to match other clubs in the Premier League in terms of sort of buying in talent, I think something that they have been good at over the last ten years. I've got to give them credit to this: is that they've realised that there's a model there to produce their own in-house talent and not only make money ultimately, perhaps. I don't mean it cynically, but I just genuinely, by selling on that talent at a very, very high premium, it also produces first-team players. So I don't think it's strong as it's ever been. Um, I think, you know, it is, however, putting out top-quality Premier League-ready players. You only have to look at Tyus Browning, you know, players that come inside now, like Ross Barkley. Uh, and then, as you say, there's seems there's another tier underneath them. You've got Anthony Evans... You've got Tom Davis, obviously, who's star- starring. You've seen and heard a lot about Kieran Dowell in the summer and how highly the manager thinks of him. So it remains a hugely positive aspect of Everton's uh, overall kind of plan to progress as a club. Yet they might not have the big money to go out and rival clubs like Chelsea, City, Man United. But they're certainly holding their own, if not up there with the very best in England at producing young players. Tony, uh, you know, from a sort of supporter's point of view, are the, are the fans... You know, excited again about what could come from the academy. You know, given you know it's been a while, maybe you know we had Ross, but previously that it was Wayne and stuff. Being excited about what you're hearing and what's coming through. And I think it's a case of having to be really. Obviously, over the years, because of the financial situation Everton are in, they have to rely on these players coming through the academy. And obviously, you get you guys will get asked as, as much as I do. Is who's the next one on the conveyor belt? Who's the next one on the conveyor belt? And as I said, we've got a list here in front of us. At the academy graduates that have come through, you've got your likes Osman, Unsworth, Hibbert, and Achibi, Michael Ball, Kadamati, Jack Rodswell, Francis Jeffers, Wayne Rooney, Tony Grant, Richard Dunn, Ross Barkley, Tyus Browning. The list goes on and on and on. And it's a, it's an academy Everton Football Club should be really proud of. And I don't think they get enough credit for it as it is, to be honest. Mm. Greg, just going back to you then. Given the, now we have Roberto Martinez in charge, do you think that there's going to be a greater opportunity for academy players to be given a chance? You know, is there going to be more opportunity, more scope for us to find out whether these players are going to be good enough? Yeah, I think, I mean, you've got to recognise that David Moyes, for all his habitual caution, tactically and in other aspects in the transfer market, he did give young players a chance. However, Martinez has taken that kind of trust in youth and move to another level. Mm. You know, he really gives young players a chance and crucially he allows young players to develop if, if he thinks they're good enough, he allows them to develop and allows them to make mistakes. 
and doesn't penalise them by immediately pulling off the side. And in that, I'm thinking about when Ross Barkley was coming through. You know, he started. I was, you know, we were there, weren't we? His first game, home game at Goodison against QPR. QPR yeah. For me, he was man of the match. He was absolutely superb. And then, you know, it, obviously it was a disappointing result, annoying day. Or, or General Tommy Smith of all people scored against us. Don't we ever seen him <laughs> again? And then um, the name enough is enough to kind of bring um, yeah. Blues out in a cold sweat. <laughs> but of course, you know, I think it was the next game after that was away at Blackburn. Give a penalty and away, had a he? difficult afternoon trying something over elaborate yeah. gave a penalty away you know showed his youth his mm. impetu- impetuousness and you know that was natural for then he was like 60 17 17, 17 yeah, not 17. long coming back from the back of a big injury and hadn't played a lot of football and Moyes immediately hooked him from the team now that might have been to protect him but I think the message it sent out was if you make a mistake there's going to be consequences rather than backing him to mm. show what he was all about, which he did at Goodison against QPR. And I think it's a different message from Martinez to players. I think he tells them to go out there and, like, without falling back on his own cliches, be themselves, mm. to express themselves and to enjoy the football. That wasn't what Moyes put across. Moyes was all about the team and about functioning as part of an effective unit. And, you know, it was all even more further stats-based. And if you made a mistake, you had to answer for that, no matter whether you were 17 whether you were you know, in your late 30s. And whether or not Moyes was looking more short-termism, whether or not he was looking after himself mm. and his own results. He was always very keen to talk about his results and, and how I think he was a manager that looked at David Moyes' Everton. And I think Martinez, there's an ego there, of course there is as well. I mean, he's, it's a project for him in a similar sense. But I think he's also trying to build a legacy at Everton for the future, something that can go on beyond him mm. when he's moved on. And by giving players like Browning, you know, like Dowell, who may well kind of get more football as it goes on, like Ross Barkley, that time to emerge and make their errors, it's a nice long-term thinking. It gives Everton something to really hold on to. And these players who've had the opportunity to make mistakes, and it might affect us in the short term. In the long term, it'll yield success, I hope. Tony, who, who, who have you heard about, or have you maybe even seen coming through, you know, I'm talking maybe the 17s, 18s, that kind of level that's... It's exciting you and you're happy to tell people about. And... We obviously we've we've seen Ryan Ledson play over the last couple of years and he stood out. We still just young, wait, remember, still yeah. a bit very young yeah. and waiting for him to just try and break into that first team cusp. As we say, but obviously we're all excited over Tom Davis. You, you just don't get to train with England for nothing. Obviously he's being advised well and to play with the first team's a huge honour for him. So yeah, I think they're the two two next players to come off the conveyor belt. Interestingly, I'd like to see your thoughts on. I as as I said at the top of the podcast that I don't think Everton's academy do get the credit and interestingly we seen we all seen the Wayne Rooney documentary mm-hmm. on you know, at the start of the week. Do you feel ask you first? Do you think Everton get the credit they deserve for producing? Well, it's, it's no argument about it. The greatest goal scorer in England's history. Well, as we said before we went we started recording that documentary almost kind of brushed over Everton a little bit, didn't it? And I understand you know. You've got to edit it down to you know his whole career yeah. edited mm. down to an hour, so I appreciate that and and they were and they were sort of screening it to a national audience. But I think you know Wayne would be the first person to tell you how great Everton were for his career and mm. and, and and how he was nurtured and, and and the players and the way he was brought through and stuff. So it would have been it would have been nice to see Everton get a bit more credit because you know they were the ones that brought him through, as I say, and and, and gave him that opportunity and and you know it was at Goodison where he announced himself, wasn't it? I don't think they do get the credit in any way, shape or form. Uh, Everton is a cursory mention, usually. 
But what it did bring home to me on a personal level was just that palpable sense of sheer excitement whenever, as a younger man, I would go and watch the Blues mm. and see Rooney there in that team as a 16-year-old and genuinely felt he could do anything. I, yeah. There was this kid there in an shit. He had no right to be playing amongst men. He was 16 yeah. years of age. All right, he was probably built like a 26-year-old even then. Mm. But I honestly felt he could do anything. I'll, I'll never forget there was after he scored that goal against Arsenal and there was chaos and everyone was jumping up and down and there was one fella there in the stand and he was going, I think he said, go ahead there, baby Jesus. You know what I mean? <laughs> but that, it was like he yeah. was just something from another planet. You know, and he was fearless. He could do things in the blink of an eye that players who'd been playing for like three times as long as he had could never dream of doing. And it, it also, it's a bittersweet recollection because I remember really how briefly he had a chance to shine for us before his exit was engineered slash approved. Yeah. I'm, I'm adamant when, when he was at Everton, we seen the clips at the start of the week and from when he was 16, 17, 18, 19, I'm, I'm adamant Ever, his best days were at Everton. Yeah, he's gone, on to, he's gone on to win all kinds. He's gone on to win the lot. Don't get me wrong. He's gone on to be a phenomenal career. He's been brilliant. He's gone on to achieve all kinds. But his best days were at Everton Football Club. I've seen in my own eyes. He was taking three, four, five players on, sticking balls left, right, top corner, everywhere you like it. He was unbelievable. And he didn't, for me, he didn't go on to achieve what, what he could have done in his playing sense. His ability didn't stretch to the way I thought it would do. Is that not the fearlessness of youth, though? You well, he, he stretched his career out the way. Give full credit to him, the way he's prolonged his career. That's great. But in his, like, like Cristiano Ronaldo, Lionel Messi, Lionel Messi, he was on their level at that age and he didn't go on to them lengths as to what they've done I think he's yeah. been more of a team player yeah. more than an individual like a Messi or yeah. Ronaldo is it's not a criticism though. That it's is. not a criticism at all but I, we all we all sat there in the grounds and we all watched them we thought this lad is going to be the best footballer in the world mm. and he never ever ever went on to that level that's why I'm adamant his best days were ever in football. I forgot how good he was at that European Championships. He was really yeah, good. It took that to remind me. Yeah. He was on fire. Mm. Again, fearless, could do anything. And he single-handedly was dragging England to a situation where you thought, they might be able to do something here. <laughs> as soon as he got injured, and then he, he got, got injured, out. and then it just went, it just mm. subsided. Well, we became reliant on a young lad, didn't we? Yeah. Effectively, in that tournament, which is, when you think about the experience that was around him, is, is on one side... Exciting because he was just this unknown quantity tearing tearing up defences. But on the same side, thinking, well, how have they not coped without him there? Mm. You know. But do you think one day? Obviously, we've seen him back in an Everton shirt and Duncan Ferguson's testimonial. Yeah. Do you think one day we may see him in an Everton shirt? Look, I'd love to think so. I mean, we watched that game and he came on. And it was terrible for Everton. Yeah, terrible, yeah. weren't mm. they against Villarreal? In August, he came on. It just looked so natural, didn't yeah. it? And he was the best player on the pitch. He was by far. And he's just thinking. He streets ahead. Oh, and you just think you could just you 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 let your mind wander that day, and, you, and yeah. you're thinking he'd fit in brilliantly. Really he'd be our number ten. We wouldn't yeah, need to yeah. go looking anywhere else. <laughs> but I'd like to think so. But you you can't help but sort of ignore the the sort of thought that when his contract is coming down at Manchester United, he'll have the same offers at Gerrard, Lampard, etc. Yeah. Had, and it would. I don't know him at all, but I mean. You would imagine those sort of offers will be tempting for for for, for Wayne, you know. What is he now? 30, 30 or thirty-one? Is he is he thirty? Thirty. Is he turned thirty? Yeah. I wonder if 
you see, there's two schools of thought. One, you look at the miles on the clock. Yeah. He started playing Premier League football mm. and everything else when he was 16. So he's got a lot more miles on the clock and on his knees and on his body. The, the toil of playing week in, week out, yeah. two, three games a week, than your average 29, 30-year-old. So will he be able to extend his career to his mid-30s and beyond a little bit like Gerard's hoping to do? I hope so, because he, he's so robust, but I don't know. Therefore, when his contract finishes at United, he may only have one move left left in him. And I'm thinking, is it going to be like Everton for a season and then MLS? Because as Phil says, that's where you can get money. That's yeah, where you yeah, can get yeah. good money at the end of your mm. career there. Or is it just straight to MLS? Or does he make a purely emotional decision? You know, you could tell what it meant to him playing yeah. that testimony. He brought his kid and he wanted his kid to see him play. Well, you can yeah. still see it, can't you? Does he need the money of the MLS? Do, I know, does does he, Gerard? I don't know. Yeah. But Does Hart rule his head in that respect? Does he come back to Grusin? Do you know what? I'm going to finish my career surely to, surely to God, one trophy with Everton would mean more to him than dozens he's won at Man United. Yeah. Surely. Yeah. And he's been out He's been out of the, the Merseyside goldfish bowl for a long time now, so he hasn't got... It's not like that's been an issue in mm. the back of his mind I mean does he come back in and I hope so I'd love to, I would love to see him even if it was one or two seasons you know? yeah in an ideal world it would be great just to maybe an 18 month two years at the, and maybe win a trophy with us and then he can go to the MLS would be nice, good, nice thought it is a nice thought <laughs> this is a, there would be obviously a, you know we don't, we're getting ahead of ourselves but obviously you know wages might be a problem mate. I don't know look he's on mega bucks isn't he I mean, mm. only a few clubs could match what he earns now you know, so. be keeping Kieran Dahl out the team anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, as we said, we'll go. We'll just sort of round off then the conversation. And when we started with the academy, and I asked, I asked Tony, but Greg, anybody you're particularly excited about seeing coming through? Is there anybody who can be the next way in the next Ross? You know, in in that kind of caliber, or I mean, that's what you know. We the media always tend to label people, isn't it? The next someone or the other. Not a particularly helpful tag, but you know, that's just. The, Often an easy shorthand for like, look, this is someone who fans can associate with. This young player has similar attributes to them. As I mentioned him earlier, I've heard a lot of good things about Anthony Evans. I think he's been very well advised in the early part of his career. He's had good people around him. He's tall, he's physical, he's absolutely brilliant in front of goal. I think he's played a lot midfield, but I think he'll develop into potentially a striker, yeah. centre forward. Um, I've yeah, I've got high high hopes for, for Anthony and I think he can really be one who impresses. Kieran Dahl, Phil, you know more about him than me. What have you seen of him for me in 21? Yeah, well, he's been injured, hasn't he? So we haven't seen a lot of him recently. But I saw last him, season. Yeah, I saw him quite a lot of last season. He's, 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 well, he's predominantly left-footed, which is almost like you know a, a selling point in itself for midfielders these days. Very comfortable on the ball. He's, he is that kind of playmaker in number 10. He doesn't he doesn't have the sort of stature you would usually associate with something like that, but he's obviously been schooled where he gets the ball and he turns and he goes for goal. He doesn't. He's not naturally conservative. Mm. He looks to make stuff happen. And when I was on pre-season with Everton and he played, came on against Dundee, he was brilliant. Mm. And I know it's the levels and stuff, but he was fearless. He just made stuff happen. He was running at defenders. And as a consequence, Ross was playing. And Ross's game just went up a couple of notches because he was like, this is, this is brilliant, this is how I want to play football. Yeah. It was almost like you could almost see in two or three seasons them two playing with each other, dovetailing and stuff. And I know Roberto thinks thinks the world of Kieran. So, you know, I think the idea is, well, before he got injured, I think maybe the plan may still be to send him out on loan at some point this season. Um, it kind of accelerate his development that way. So I'm keeping a keen eye on that one. Can I take your mind back, sorry, briefly, to Sunny Day? 
in the in the summer at Southport. Mm. The three of us ends up lumping <laughs> all, all the way all the way there. Uh, not the most inspired of games, obviously, but it's been a bit of an a famous comeback from everything. Yeah. Annual tradition <laughs> yeah. for us three. Um, one player stood out, head and shoulders for Evan, didn't he? And of course, we're talking about Tom Davis. So yeah. he, he was brilliant that day. And it was not so long ago, um, Everton were getting beat 3-0 in a mini derby. Um, and Underwood sent him on, and he literally changed the game. Took the game by the scruff of the neck. Um, demanded the ball he's a great passer of the ball Phil will probably tell you that he'll know more than me he's seen him a lot more than me we'll ask for his opinions on him but from what I've seen he's just streets ahead of his time he can pass the ball he can get his foot in he's composed and as I said he scored the equaliser in that mini derby as well so I'm expecting really big things of him Phil describe yeah. to the fans what type of a footballer he is I think he's very much in the in the mould of there's no frills he just does the sim- simple things really well and that's effective and you can see that fitting into the current way Everton play, you know what I mean? He could yeah. slot in, one of those midfielders, slot in anywhere. He's he's not afraid of going in to win the ball. Simple passes, effective, no nonsense. And, you know, as I say, he makes impacts in games. He's, look, his young lad is developing, but you can see by the fact that he's come through the ranks at England, you know, first pro deal with Everton just recently, that they think highly of him. And as I say, I've watched him in the mini derby last season, the, the 18s, when they beat Liverpool 5-0 at Finch Farm. And he's ran the midfield, nothing fancy, just yeah. dead simple, doesn't give it away, wins it back. Do you know what, I, it. what I'm thinking while you're saying this? Ryan Ledson, that's what he, that's... Ledo, another one. It sounds like yeah. he, that's exactly what he does, but... There's, but there's plenty of these, you know, this is what I'm saying about the academy, I mean, I feel it's strong because that, that group, that 18s group, you know, 18, 19, they're coming through, there's a lot of really good players. Yeah. I think the belief is that a lot of them have got a very good chance. It's interesting, the only thing our academy doesn't produce... And it's not just an Everton thing, it's maybe an English thing, but certainly we don't produce is good goalkeepers who go in and make it at that level. Mm, it's interesting. I don't know, is, is that a cultural English thing? Because I'm struggling to think of other academies that have success in that race. Obviously, we had John Ruddy. We, we yeah. I think there's him. some hopes on Russell Griffiths, who's gone away with England in the 20s. You know, he's, he's in the process of having a couple of loan moves to get some games. It's difficult for under-21s yeah. because the balancing act, and I asked Reverse about this a couple of weeks ago, the balancing act of the 21s goalkeeper is... Roberto's got to keep Joel Robles match fit yeah. in case something happened to Tim Howard. So he's got to give him games and it's a real fine balance now. But you also, you want to keep these young lads developing. So Griffiths has gone out on loan. Colwyn Bay, I think he's had the minute. And he has to say, he's gone away with England. I mean, he's been around the first team squad. He's yeah. travelled to a lot of European games. So, you know, I think there'll be, there'll be hopes for him. I think, you know, whether or not he... he you know, he makes the leap, I don't know, but, you know, he certainly uh, certainly wants to keep an eye. As you say, there's no room for flexibility because you've only got one position. Where so it's really and... difficult, you know, that, you know, that's one job at Everton, the goalkeeping coaching in that respect that you wouldn't envy having to, you know, as you say, you, you've got to keep Joe fit, you've got to keep your developing players in the frame as well. It's tough. tough it's not, that's not just uh, an Everton thing, it's it's a City thing as well as, as a national thing. To be fair, before Joe Hart come on the scene, England was struggling for goalkeepers, yeah. they had three or four on the spin, not materialised, and I can't think at the top of my head a quite a decent goalkeeper that's come from this city. Mm. So it's not yeah. just an Everton thing. Yeah. Nobody wants to be a goalkeeper anymore, by the yeah. sounds of it. be a goalie. Yeah. <laughs> it's so task, isn't yeah. it? Phil, I mean, Everton, we, we talked a lot about the players. We should just touch upon the coaching staff mm-hmm. as well. I got to know Kevin Sheedy very well while I was the Everton correspondent and was yeah. ever impressed by it, the patient, considered, intelligent way he, he set up the 18s and and the way he was so well respected mm. and his thoughts about coaching. You you also know Kevin well, but equally Duncan Ferguson, 
before he went into the first team setup had an influence there. I mean, what do you make of the, the coaching side of it and what impact has Duncan had? Well, the coaching system's really interesting at Everton. It's not something that's employed by every academy, but they rotate the coaches. So, for example, the 18s will have three months with Sheedy, you know, when he's, you know, when he's back on the pitch and, you know, hope his recovery's going well from the knee up. Um, at the minute, it's Paul Tate. You know, and Paul was in charge last season when they thumped Liverpool and they were in Derby. And he's a great, a great lad and he's a really highly thought of coach. And I know I sat down with him not too long ago and he's engaging and really switched on. But then they go around and, there's, and you know, as I say, there's a rotation. And, but obviously, the one, one position that doesn't rotate is the 21s coach and that's David Unsworth. And his position is really important, perhaps sort of overlooked a little bit because he, he'll be given a real talented group to work with. But ultimately, it's on his shoulders to make these let these lads first team ready, mm. and that's a difficult task because he's got to balance. He's got to balance their time with the twenty ones and playing in an Everton way and learning how Everton want to play, but also judging. And this is where Joe Royal Joe Royal comes in as well, judging when they've got to be sent out alone to, to you know to to play real football and, and and toughen up and be ready. So, you know, there's a lot of sort of fine finely balanced work that goes on. But at the minute, you've got to say they're doing a very good job. I think what's interesting as well is that I've spoke to a lot of Liverpool fans who not an envy of Everton's academy, the way they're just the conveyor belt just consistently comes up time and time again. There's a player of the academy in the first team and Liverpool don't seem to have that. Mm. So obviously they're asking questions and I've got into a debate with one or two of them. I'm, they, they're obsessed with winning this under-21 league, winning the academy league. And I, I, I say to them all the time, I'm not interested in Everton winning the under-21 league. All that is for... It's for making sure the next player or two Developed. out of that comes out of there and goes into the first team. Everton could win the next under twenty one league for the next ten years. I'm not interested. All I'm interested in is that that player to come out of that team into the first team. That's, that's all I'm interested that's, that's in. That's what Unzi will say. If you asked yeah. if you asked David Unsworth, that's exactly what he'd say. Yeah. It's difficult though, because your natural instinct as a football person and Unzi sort of wrestles with this a little bit. You know, you don't want to be losing. You don't want to be the team the two teams that go down from the top tier of the twenty ones league. But ultimately, his job is to produce players ready yeah. for the first team. So, you know, that's absolutely spot So, on. you watched, you know, you obviously watch the first team every week, everywhere to go, and you watch a lot of the 21s and the 18s. I know, I know that you across them as well. Do they all play in the same style as the first team? Is it all possession-based football, yeah, yeah, yeah. playing from the back? There's this kind of, there's elements that are sort of almost not non-negotiable, but it's it's what they're teaching. and it's Identity. Been, yeah, it's playing out from the back, but... I sort of went into watching the 21s and 18s with the belief that they all play 4-2-3-1, they all play the same tactics, but it's not quite as rigid as that. But yeah, the framework is the same in terms of you play out from the back, you, you look to control possession. That just you know it comes from the top and that's how these kids now at the academy are taught from day one. So there's no, there's no, there's no sort of muddying in the waters. It's a clear understanding of the way the game's meant to be played, but they've also got to understand different formations and yeah. different tactics and but that's all important because you can't have it your own way in the Premier League. It's interesting, you know? isn't it? Because it's built a club and an academy. It's built in the image of Roberto Martinez, one man's philosophy on football. And it's just as a, as a broader subject, I wonder what happens, say, across the park, where obviously Rodgers has gone. He was very much a possession football man as well. He had a clear philosophy how, how he meant to play. Now a new fella's come in, so we're getting told. Not that we haven't heard the last of it for the past 48 hours. <laughs> Who is it again? Oh, some, yeah, some German. <laughs> but anyway, he's come in there and has got a different philosophy on football. You just wonder if they tear up the academy red, I was about to say blueprint, they tear it up and just go, 
let's start again now. You've all, you've, you've mm-hmm. all got to play counter-attack and gag and press and it's all this. Yeah. It's just interesting. I guess that's where your academy director comes in and has such an important role, doesn't he? Because as you, that would be counterproductive, that wouldn't it? Well, that's what I'm saying. Week yeah. to, you know, taught them six like, months yeah. later, I would... Yeah, I think, yeah. obviously, I think there's... I think in modern football generally, and, and any type of, of of coaching, you'd want to, you'd want English young English players to be comfortable on the ball. Yeah. That's the bottom line, isn't it? And, you know, and that's what they'll teach at the, the, the very bottom line, isn't it? And that fits naturally more into Martinez's way anyway, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. About finding space, keeping possession, and being comfortable on the ball, even in sort of situations traditionally where English football would look to yeah. launch it. Maybe yeah. Because I suppose in that theory, if you if you can coach a young lad who's comfortable on the ball in any situation. Well, he, he'll he'll be easily be fit mm, into the first yeah. team mould, won't he? Because you know, I mean, look at Brenton Galloway. I know he's not a product of our academy, yeah. but he sort of he has to come, half he has come through the twenty ones. As people yeah. sort of overlook, I understand what people say. He's not from our academy. Well, he's been made ready by our academy. He wasn't yeah. ready for Premier League football yeah. until he came and worked with Unzi in the twenty ones. The same could be said about Mason Allgate as yeah. well. Yeah, and Stones had eleven Stone. games for twenty ones. I think yeah. people sort of forget. That. I mean, he's an exceptional circumstance. Yeah. But he had to, you know, he had to, he had be, to go in there. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it goes in bright future for Evans Academy then, lads. Hopefully, it looks like it. Yeah, fingers crossed, and uh, hopefully we'll get to see more of these young lads getting opportunities as the season progresses, and uh, we'll no doubt celebrate that when it comes along. So thanks very much for listening, and uh, stay tuned with the Echo for all the latest news and analysis. <laughs> De Samsung S9 Plus. Voor een genadeloos lage prijs. Check tele2.nl voor de beste deal voor jou. Niet omdat het moet, maar omdat het kan.